This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Well, welcome to this hour of the program. It's Afternoons on News Talk 770. Rob Breckenridge with you. Our telephone number 403-974-8255. That's 974-TALK. And we'll have more time for your calls in this hour. After 2.30, we're going to hear from a fellow by the name of Devin Dubois, the Dubois family in uh, Saskatchewan. A uh, family of four, they got two young kids. Um, but the Canada Revenue Agency, for whatever reason, refuses to believe that they have two kids, which seems really odd. But there's been uh, this ongoing back and forth between the family and, and the CRA. And so it's kind of a funny story on the surface, but uh, a little alarming that um, the family would have to go to this length uh, to, to convince the CRA of their situation. So we'll find out more about that after 2.30. Uh, off the top in the sound, and you probably heard about this, the uh, city is reviewing some of its community standards by a long part of this process is uh, an online survey. You want to hear from Calgarians on. Uh, a few different areas that this is going to cover, things like backyard fire pits and backyards, noise complaint, uh, and also the issue of junk mail. Now, the story in the Metro News today points out how this may zero in on political flyers in the mail or more to the point graphic anti-abortion flyers there's an outfit in town the canada the canadian center for bioethical reform uh they're pretty provocative in their approach maybe you've seen their cube van driving around town with uh, graphic uh pictures of aborted fetuses on them and maybe you've received their their pamphlets in the mail they take that kind of an approach. They believe shock value is going to win people to their cause. Now, me personally, I think it's just going to hurt their cause. I think they're turning more people off than anything. But uh, I think they have the right to present their case in the manner in which they see fit. But obviously not everybody likes that approach. So as this ties back around to this uh, conversation about uh, bylaws, is that part of this review, as Metro News describes, the city is asking citizens if they would like rules about no junk mail stickers on mailbox extended to include non-commercial mail. Alvin Murray, chief bylaw officer for the city, says, where we're having difficulty is when groups are putting literature in people's mailbox that people find offensive. They're not commercial flyers, but they may have extremely graphic pictures and information that really offends a lot of people. But there's nothing we can currently do because they're not classified as commercial. So does the city need to be careful about uh, going down this path? Joining us uh, in studio, Sharon Polsky joins us, Vice President with the Rocky Mountain Civil Liberties, uh, Civil Liberties Association. Sharon, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Thank you, Rob. It's a really important issue. And I think a lot of people have become really passionate very quickly on both sides. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Let's uh, take a step back, though. The, the way the city is going about this uh, in reviewing the bylaw, gathering feedback from citizens, uh, I, I think we, we can appreciate that approach. But these are laws that could potentially impact individuals or even potentially infringe on the rights of individuals. So do we need to be cautious? I think there needs to be some really serious, sober second thought to start off with because We've seen it in so many instances of tragic circumstances across the country. Something happens, a law is created, it's bad law, it's eventually shot down as unconstitutional. Whether it's uh, the Retea Parsons anti-cyberbullying law that Nova Scotia passed, everything seems to be answered, not with common sense or conversation, but with another law 
And from the fiscal point of view, that means there has to be an administration to pass the law, to enforce the law, to administer the impact of it. That's a tax burden. Concerning political speech, and I think most Canadians uh, believe in, in a woman's right to choose. I don't believe that, you know, most Canadians think that abortion should be illegal, but it, I think it's it's a legitimate belief that someone can hold. Someone texted earlier as we were, were setting up this segment. Uh, it says, we need to ban those flyers. My young child picked one up and has nightmares from it. Took, uh, took weeks of working with her to get over it. A five-year-old should never be exposed to that. Uh, that group, in my view, all but assaulted my child. It's a very provocative approach they take, and that's why I think it's it's counterproductive. But is it protected speech? Well, uh, my understanding is that we have a right to freedom of expression that's protected by the Charter of Rights, and there's only a very, very few, very narrow categories of speech that is prohibited. Hate speech, discriminatory speech, and other than that, uh, there's got to be some latitude because keep in mind, there's competing interests even built in the charter. Is your right to freedom of expression greater and more important than my right to my religious beliefs mm-hmm. or vice versa? Right. Who who wins? And nobody can always win. It's got to be mature discussion. And that's one of the beauties of our democratic nation is that we do have the freedom to object, to discuss, to voice our opinions and voice our objections to someone else's opinion. Otherwise, where do you draw the line? Well, it seems someone should draw the line at that which is offensive, but that's obviously inherently very subjective. Absolutely. And if it's a hang tag, you've probably seen it. Uh, You come home and there's that long hang tag on your front door uh, and it's got ads for the local cleaner and maybe a photographer. What if the picture that the photographer has included shows a bit of cleavage and that offends somebody who thinks it's not modest enough. Where do you draw that line? Instead of drawing a line and you make it more and more and more tight, which restricts everybody's freedom and liberty, Mm -hmm. instead, it's very simple. The courts have already dealt with this. It's a matter of freedom of expression. Go about your business. Don't try to offend people unless that's your objective, and then be ready for the consequences. But truly, if there's something that is not what meets your personal values, maybe use it as a teaching moment. We talk about diversity, about understanding and compassion. Other people have other views. If we dig our heels in that deep and say, no, you will, I have a right to not be subjected to these images to the request from whether it's the food bank or the boy scouts that are doing a bottle drive i'm offended by their their begging their request for whatever talk to each other have a conversation appreciate that other people have other views and values you don't have to in this culture uh become subservient to other people's views there are other countries and cultures that don't have our charter freedoms where right. they have no choice. We've seen, and we've seen it in the past, where the argument's been used in different ways, that certain things are offensive to uh, community values. And it was an, reasons, excuses used to ban uh, gay literature in the past, for example, and to shut down gay bookstores, for example. And there were some high-profile cases from, from decades ago. But it was the same kind of argument, that that stuff is offensive, quote-unquote, 
therefore we need to, to ban it. Offensive to whom? Well, exactly. And that changes and it shifts, and it's a pendulum that swings back and forth. And in my experience, and I've been on this earth a lot of decades now, <laughs> that pendulum sometimes and historically, it tends to swing too far to either side and doesn't stay in the middle for very long. What about pushing the envelope or making an argument using shock value? Um, it's maybe not my first approach necessarily, but in, at the same time, you know, I often see um, PSAs or advertisements about uh, cigarettes, anti-smoking campaigns that will show graphic images of uh, someone in, in advanced stages of cancer or the organs of someone who's, who's died as a result of smoking-related illness uh, or uh, warnings about drunk driving that, that use graphic images or shock value. Again, not something you'd necessarily want young children to see, things that young children might even be traumatized by seeing, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that approach is invalid. Would you agree? I would agree. And if you remember, I, I wish I could remember the woman's name, Barbara from Edmonton, who smoked. Tarbox, yes. Thank Barb you. Tarbox, yes. yes. And if I recall correctly, she went to schools and talked to the kids about smoking and, and the impact. How many parents or children were terrorized, were, their feelings were hurt, they were afraid to look at her, the potential of... No one stopped her. Actually, she was invited into schools as community service, yet the same images of people suffering from whatever affliction. Other people say, no, I don't want to be subjected to that. Yeah. I am offended. So maybe it's a matter of context. Right, and that's not to defend the Canadian Centre for Bioethical Reform and their approach. And, and I think, uh, you know, often civil libertarians and civil liberties groups uh, get, get pigeonholed into that, that if you're defending the rights of a certain group, that somehow you're defending the group. No, it goes back to that age-old comment, and I paraphrase that I might disagree with what you say, but I will defend your right to say it. Yeah, and sometimes we need to remind ourselves of that because I think we might say that and, and agree with it in principle, and then sometimes I think we, we forget about it when we're confronted with something Absolutely. that really and does offend us. It is a challenge to be unbiased because it's, I think it's human nature and emotion sometimes creeps in, often creeps in, and clouds good judgment. And how do you suddenly go back on what you've always believed or been taught because an awful lot of these views are taught one generation to the next mm -hmm. whether to love or to hate whether to appreciate or to be fearful of something that's learned behavior often and how do you go back on what you've always known for your entire life it's hard because that <laughs> that's against our human nature yeah well so i mean how should the city approach this issue then do you think well i'd be very curious first of all to know um, why it is that you can take the survey multiple times. Right. It's electronic. It's, it's very simple and straightforward. I also find the wording to be very, um, oh, vague and open to interpretation. Do you agree that the fine should be increased from X? Perhaps, but to what? They don't say. Yeah. So it's, it's a, is it a fishing exercise? Okay. To me, it seems that the answers to all of the questions are really open to interpretation. If people say, yes, I'm in favor, obviously, let's put in yet another bylaw. And I don't know 
how many thousands of bylaws are on the books and are there even enough bylaw officers to enforce them? So what's the point of putting in more bylaws? Well, I think that's a good question. Uh, this this seems, yeah, as you say, is, is are these questions trying to get to a, a predetermined place? Uh, have they decided that there is a need to bring in more bylaws and it's just a question of, of shaping those as opposed to yes or no, do we need these these extra laws in the first place? Yes, and again, it's also a matter of so many, like so many surveys where we asked stakeholders, really, which ones? Who? What are the demographics? Where are they coming from? Uh, can somebody who finds out about this survey who lives in Alaska answer it? How valid will the results really be? Mm-hmm. Because it's wide open. Well, it's an interesting point. Be curious to see what comes of all of this. In the meantime, uh, the Rocky Mountain Civil Liberties Association is online at RMCLA. You can find out more about the work they're doing here in Alberta. Sharon, great having you with us. Thanks so much for joining us. My here. pleasure. Thank you. All right. That's Sharon Polsky, Vice President of the Rocky Mountain Civil Liberties Association. We'll take a quick break here. When I come back, we can talk a bit more about this and some other issues uh, to get to as well. 974-8255. We're back after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.